Hey, it's KCG. I'm Hayashi. And I'm Vince the Alien. We're three creative souls who love music. Especially when it's paired with wine. And this is... Back That Glass Up. Hey, what's going on, you guys? Welcome back to Back That Glass Up, episode six. This week is my week, and we're actually going to be reviewing an album by the amazing and super talented Van Hunt. We're actually going to be reviewing his debut release, which was called Van Hunt, which was self-titled. And we wanted to also say thank you again for listening to the podcast. It's been a really amazing journey so far, and you know it feels so good to get messages from you guys letting us know that you didn't know about this certain artist, and now you're a fan, and it just means a lot to us. So thank you guys so much for checking out Back That Glass Up. We really appreciate it. We love you guys. Yes, yes, we love you guys. Shout out to you. Uh, but yeah, so this album that we're actually reviewing today, uh, before we hop into it, I wanted to give Mr. Hayashi the floor to let you guys know what we are drinking today. So the floor is yours. All right, you guys, we have La Marca Prosecco. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> that sound does something to me inside, <laughs> and I don't know if it's good or bad. Mm. So It's like a dog whistle for me. Yeah, it's like my ears perk up. Um, but so I took a sip of the champagne and it's pretty good for, you know, for what this is. It's a good, solid, um, Prosecco. Mm -hmm. It's light. It's bubbly. It's kind of sweet, not too sweet. As soon as I took a sip, I felt like I was at brunch and my body tensed up and (laughs) listen, the bottomless mimosas don't do not mm. we're not friends so <laughs> i'm afraid i might have to go to bed after this i have i have excused myself from many a brunch when i felt like it was time yep. for me to go because <laughs> i was tired i was a little lit i was like you know what this is my exit no seriously yep. me too um so i'm gonna leave now <laughs> no yeah. don't even say anything right, you just get up and go yes oh yeah i irish I'm goodbye so- i'm like Mm-mm. <laughs> A la Lincoln from um, Broad City. <laughs> yes. Just the, out. the black Irish goodbye. I love it. Yeah. I love it. The thing that I love about it is it's affordable. <laughs> this uh, okay. Lamarca yes. is a decent price, and uh, it's mm-hmm. it's very, very delicious. And it's also special for today because we're at the halfway mark. This is episode six, which is so Yay. amazing. You know, for the season, Woo-hoo! we decided to do 12 episodes, and... Uh, We've, we've done six so far, you guys. That's amazing. Cheers. Cheers to us. Cheers, Cheers to you guys. Cheers, guys. Hold on, let me try to find a glass. Ooh. Clink, clink. Clink, <laughs> clink. <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, it feels really good. And, um, you know, this album that we're reviewing today, kind of uh, going into our topic for the day, it came out in 2004, which was such a good year. Such a good year, especially for music. And, you know, I wanted to ask you guys, like, what are some of your favorite songs from 2004? I mean, we can never forget about Yeah by Usher. Never. That's like, the, that was the song, I think, mm-hmm. of the 2000s. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Happy Ending by Avril Lavigne. I mean, Usher owned oh 2004. God. Let's keep it real. Yeah, I think that was yeah. that was the year that Confessions came out, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then this was actually, I didn't even realize this was uh, Kanye's debut year because Slow Jams had come out, too. Mm. I don't want to know by Mario Winans, and we could just leave it there. (laughs) I I don't want to know by Mario Winans is such a good song. What are your guys' favorite tracks? Um, man, 
I'm just looking at the Billboard end of the year chart from 2004. Temperature, Sean Paul. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh my, my God. Um, Natasha Bedingfield, unwritten from you know, <gasps> The Hills. Yes, my favorite. Um, what else is on here? Cassie, me and you. Pussycat dolls, buttons. <gasps> yes. um, buttons. Oh my God. Going, well, going back to our last um, secret genius, SOS, Rihanna. Hello. Damn, that was too, um yeah. That was too. There's a lot of good. Mm-hmm, there's a lot of good ones. So many good ones. I mean, are you guys okay if we just name the top ones on Google? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so we have Please. Yeah by Usher, Drop It Like It's Hot by Snoop Dogg, My Happy oh. Ending by Avril Lavigne, as Casey mentioned, Confessions Part Two, Usher, Lean Back <laughs> by the Terror Squad, oh aka a Fat Joe. <laughs> Move Your Body, Nina Sky, Dip mm-hmm. It Low, Christina Million, uh, Slow Jams, Kanye West, Pieces of Me by Ashley Simpson. Mm-hmm. Yo, Lose My Breath by Destiny's Child. Oh my God. <laughs> Damn. Um, Gwen Stefani's first solo single, What You Waiting For, My Boo by Usher and oh. Alicia Keys, um, On the Way Down by the Hair King himself, Ryan Cabrera. <laughs> <laughs> Also, like, Float On by Modest Mouse. Um, Yo, Overnight Celebrity by Twista? Get out of here. I, okay, that was also when I learned to make mix CDs. Yes. And I put that on every single mix CD I had. Mandatory. Necessary. Mm -hmm. Tipsy by Jay Kwan came out in 2004. Oh, my God. I talking about everybody in the club getting tipsy and we were literally 12 right <laughs> i know exactly like what were we doing <laughs> also caught up by Damn. usher scars by papa roach milkshake by Khalees came out in 2004 leave That's get crazy. out by jojo came out in 2004 i think uh young jock had meet me at the club oh, oh it's going down it's going down meet me in the club <laughs> Oh my god, so many good songs. And the last song that I will mention is Freak a Leak by Petey Pablo. Came out in 2004. <laughs> oh my god. I feel like we just opened a time capsule. Seriously. Can I honorable mention one more song? Mm-hmm. Yes. Fuck it. I don't want you back by Amen. Do you guys remember that song? <gasps> no. <laughs> It was on everybody's, like, were we in MySpace and were we in Zanga? It was on everyone's whatever website it was at the Mm -hmm. time. Oh, my gosh. We really did not understand how many gems were coming out. We were just like, yes, whatever. Like, classic. Those were good times. So talking about 2004, where were you in 2004? And if you could go back in time and tell yourself something that you know now, what would you say to your younger self? Um, let's start with Casey. Um, I was starting eighth grade. Um, and I think I would tell myself to have more confidence. Mm. Um, I think to not take my friendships as seriously, maybe as I thought and my relationships. Um, and then also just be, follow my gut. I think that's the main thing is just following my gut. 
I would have gotten out of a lot of trouble if I just would have followed my dreams. <laughs> yeah. That's a word. How about you, Mikey? I was starting my freshman year of high school. And I probably would say something similar to myself that you said to your younger self case. I think the biggest note I would say is just to not give a damn. Because I think I ostracized myself from everybody else because I was paranoid that people were making fun of me. So I like think I just pushed people away because I was scared and insecure when I actually there were like cool people who were trying to be my friend but I thought they were trying to bully me I don't know it's complicated but I would just say like just just be yourself and be more open to friendships what about you um well in 2004 (laughs) being being the being the grandpa of this group, I was <laughs> I was graduating high school in 2004, and if I could go back to 2004, I would. There's two things I would tell myself. I'm I'm gonna echo a few of the things that you guys said. Like, be open to friendships. Okay. Be okay with who you are as as a person. Mm-hmm. But I think on the funny side of things, <laughs> I would say you're gonna lose weight. <laughs> That's one Aww. thing. I was such a yeah. short little like chubby kid in junior high and high school, and I was so insecure about myself. Um, and I think the other thing too is don't be so mad at the DJ for playing Ruben Sutter at your prom. <laughs> <laughs> because I was upset Have with my DJ on for a good. <laughs> Oh my god! I was upset with my DJ for like eight (laughs) years for playing. You know, my problem like we had a dinner first. I went to a Christian high school where we literally like one of the rules for our prom was like we have to stay eight inches apart while dancing. Crazy, and so, um, and it was not a popping prom. Like (laughs) the DJ was not amazing. There were not a lot of people with rhythm at my school. I would just leave it there. And uh, <laughs> so Enough it wasn't saying. like <laughs> really getting down at the problem. Um, but, you know, our DJ was playing all of these breakup songs during the dinner. He was playing every sad Fantasia song, every sad uh, Ruben Stutter song. And wasn't there a song from Ruben Stutter called like Sorry, Sorry 2004? Sorry 2004. Yes. yes. <laughs> And I was just, oh, maybe not Fantasia yet then because she hadn't graduated. I mean, she hadn't won American Idol yet, but I was so mad at him for such a long time. I was like, yo, why are you playing all these breakup songs in my fucking prom? So I would go back and say, hey, it wasn't that big of a deal. Maybe he was going through something. Give him some grace. Oh, he probably was. (laughs) He probably definitely was. Seriously, if he was doing that back to back. But I I agree with you. I probably would have been pissed too. Like, we already go to a Christian school. We can't really dance that close together. It, the least you could do is play a banger. Exactly. And the most annoying thing, too, about my prom is, like you mentioned, like, 2004 was when Yeah came out. So, of course, like, everybody loved Yeah, no matter, like, race, everything. Everyone loved that song. So we're at prom, and I'm like, everyone's waiting for that song to come on. And then our prom ended at, like, 1130. And at 1129, the DJ started to play Yeah. 
And then all of the chaperones were like, nope, prom is over. You guys got to (laughs) go. So we didn't even get to dance to it. It was such a bummer. Can I tell you that Janet Jackson's feedback came out my prom year? Oh, okay. Yeah, that was fun. But, you know, I was a little weird shy kid. So my dad came and picked me up early and we went to McDonald's. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That's actually one of the favorite, one of my most favorite stories that you've ever told me. About how much of a loser I was. (laughs) (laughs) No, just that you're I would have been your friend. Yeah, seriously, I would have been your friend too. I wish. I wish wait. we were all friends as kids. Seriously. Yes. I wait, I actually have like a kind of weird story. So it's interesting that we have like you were graduating from high school, you're starting high school, and I'm still in middle school when in 04. But I so I I went to school in a very small town. I was literally one square mile around. So the middle school and the high school were two blocks away from each other. And crazy. You know, it was weird. I didn't think it was that big of a transition. Oh, and my old elementary school was across the street from my middle school. So um I was super excited to be a freshman, go to my first dance, whatever. So my mom had dropped me and my friends off. We're super excited, be like dressed super cute. And we walk into the dance and someone's on the ground and it looks like he's just like passed out. And there are people just like sweating like profusely and dancing with each other and grinding up on each other and I'm like something doesn't seem right. And then I look around and there's like a trail of vomit from the middle of the dance floor to one of the bathrooms. So now I'm like, okay, everybody must be fucked up. The dance had to end early because the paramedics had to come and pick up four students because they got alcohol poisoning. What? Everybody was drunk. I think 10 people got like suspended that day on the spot. So my mom comes comes to pick me up. I called her. I was like, hey, the dance ended early. And she was like, what? She comes to pick me up in her little, like, moo-moo. And <laughs> what the fuck is happening? There were, like, two ambulances. There's a big-ass fire truck. Somebody's pulling out a stretcher. My mom was like, what happened? I was like, I have no clue. It's high school. Whoa. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Y'all were going hard in the Bay. We were, <laughs> we were in our little small-ass town. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's what I used to imagine about, like, prom. Because we watch all these movies and people are always like, yeah, man, I'm going to, like, get a hotel room and just, like, get so wasted. Yeah. (laughs) That wasn't my situation. (laughs) Well, by that time, when I went to prom, my best friend's mom was letting her throw house parties. But she was like, I'm going to be here. So if anything like that happens, like, we can know. And that I think that was, like, the best way that I could have went. But, yeah, it was super fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, so I didn't drink at prom, but then like prom after party, we were get, it was like Project X. It's on. <laughs> Project X. Was your prom like that, Mike? Oh, well, the, the, the portion that you I stayed for? <laughs> I don't know. I was like, well, remember, I did gymnastics like all throughout junior high and high school. So I like never went to parties. I never went to dances. Prom was my first dance. Mm. And I wasn't really like hanging out with like, at lunch, I was in the library with my Japanese friends reading anime. So oh. I wasn't even, like, involved with, like, the quote-unquote bad kid stuff. Like, I was very far removed. I identify. I was very similar. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't reading anime. I wish I was. But I was, like, <laughs> I was not. 
I was not a part of the cool crowd in high school yeah. at all. <laughs> I was so buttoned up and strict about myself. Like, I remember mm-hmm. when I was a junior in high school, I got a B in my math class, <laughs> and I went home and I cried, like full oh. on. Oh. cried to my mom and I was like I cannot oh. believe I got a B <laughs> I was I was such a like straight edge kid like such a straight edge kid like just trying to figure yes. out who I was trying to like all that all those kind of things you do in high school yeah. being chubby yeah. having like a little bit of acne I had this huge like curly afro um, and I kind of oh like gosh. bounced between different groups like I would hang out with the theater kids by the library, and then mm-hmm. I had a huge crush on the captain of the baseball team. I won't say his name, so he <laughs> won't find me. But <laughs> I had a huge crush on the captain of the baseball team, and he knew it. But he was like so nice and like would hang out with me. <laughs> hey. I would Aww. hang out with him during lunch, and then I would go hang out with the like the they call themselves the essay crew. Um, for, the writers. Uh, the what? The writers, like oh no, like uh, like essay, like <laughs> the Latin gang. Oh. Yeah, like they were like the essay crew kids, oh. but they were also like gotcha. essay theater kids who dressed like cholos. So I was like all over the place, but I was not a popular mm. kid by any means whatsoever. The barrio theater. <laughs> <laughs> I did not miss high school. I don't either, and I didn't really have that bad of an experience. Like, I mean, my school was so tiny that like there really wasn't like a popular like a nerd like there weren't really like any like cliques I mean there were there were friend groups I don't think there were cliques of like popular people and not popular people mm-hmm. and I am just like a social butterfly I'd literally be friends with anybody so like I would have yeah. like my core group of friends and then like a kind of a little break off core group of friends and then also like I spoke to everybody in class and I actually remember some of my friends being like why are you so nice to everybody it's like what's the harm in it mm-hmm. like I don't really understand like yeah, I'm going to talk to someone you deem as nerdy in art. I'm not doing anything else. Like, why not? And also, I failed every math class I have taken, so I should probably be friends with some of the smarter people in the math <laughs> class. So. Um, but, yeah. I, and I don't – I definitely don't miss high school, even though it wasn't a bad experience. Mm-hmm. I just think, too, like, everyone's going through their own shit, and their mm-hmm. hormones are running around, and people are trying to, like – like you said, Vincent, like find out who they are and just like making poor decisions. And there was, just, it really did feel like you were kind of in a Degrassi episode yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And it just, it like every day was different. And it was just so frustrating. And I think for me too, I definitely didn't stand up for myself and like as much as I should have. So that mm-hmm. also made high school a little bit harder for me. And like my mom is a young mom and she was one of the youngest moms in my friend group. So all of my friends would want to come over to my house and party. And I'm like, that's not really what this is. Like, we can go out and because a lot of my friends' parents were really strict and like wouldn't let them go to parties and experience anything. And my mom would be like, why are they not letting them go to the parties if they're not even getting good grades? I was like, I have no clue. Mm. My mom was like, you get good grades. You can go out, but you have a curfew as well. So if your ass is not in the house mm-hmm. by 12, we're going to have a problem. It's popping. So, I mean, I've, like, run home from parties before. Like, <laughs> I was not trying to, like. Your mom does not play. She does not play. Shout out. Yeah, shout out shout to Mosey. Shout out to your mom, for sure. Miss you. Yeah. I know we miss you. But, yeah. I mean, you're definitely cooler than me. I think my first party was, like, in college. <laughs> And I, I didn't even drink till I was 21. Like, I literally had my first drink 
on a beach on my 21st birthday. It was a it was a cranberry juice and vodka. <laughs> and oh. I remember I've, I've told you guys this story. <laughs> I remember afterwards we were so drunk and we went to In-N-Out and it was like 11:59 and we were ordering our food. And I was like, "Can I get a double double?" And can you <laughs> like literally just like <gasps> threw up all over the counter? <laughs> Twenty one in the fucking girl behind the counter. I remember her turning around and was like, "This bitch just threw up." <laughs> I'm surprised you so... could still go to In and Out. I know, seriously, I felt so right. Bad. <laughs> so I was definitely a late bloomer when it came to like drinking and partying. I think I was just was like such a creative little kid and always kind of in my head it's crazy to think back to being a teenager it just feels when i think back on it like i remember some of those emotions but it also just feels so foreign at the same time oh yeah (laughs) i think i think i threw up once in college Mm -hmm. i threw up at your old house everybody threw up at my old house (laughs) i remember i like pretended to get a phone call (laughs) i I was like walked out of the house, like the front door with a quickness and like pretending to talk to somebody on on the phone. And then, you know, on the mm-hmm. left, how you had like the trash cans and like those bushes. Mm-hmm. I went, I went into the bushes and like, it was kind of raining too. And I just, it was not cute. <laughs> we, no, this, you don't understand. We would have these things called like girls nights where it'd only be like the girls that we hung out with. And then like Hayashi and We'd get a bottle of Captain Morgan Mm. and drink it. And all we would do is drink, listen to music, and take pictures. And in reality, it was like, oh, that's kind of cute. But, like, it was just the fact that we could all take it down between us was really out of pocket. But, yes, many people have thrown up. (laughs) Yes, Captain Morgan. I had One time I threw a party, and I forgot to lock my door. And I walked into my room, and someone had taken all of the sheets off of my bed and thrown up on it. And I was like, see, couldn't you have just oh thrown up on the God. sheets, not the actual bed? Wait, who so was then at it? least I could have washed it. I don't know. We still don't know to this day. That's crazy. Hmm. Yeah. I'm going to have to do some I bet you I think conspiracy theories. theories. <laughs> I have an idea of who it is, but I'm not going to say, we'll that, say it on this podcast. What's the first letter? <laughs> <laughs> or you could tell me afterwards. Tell me afterwards. Do I, I know the person. The first person, letter though. is a J. I, know, I was thinking that person. <laughs> I swear to you. I swear. I know who. I, yeah, it was. Come it on, was Jay, the, come on. Merced is the most ghetto place on the planet. Shout out to you, baby. I love you. Thank you for molding me into the person that I am. Merced <laughs> is ghetto. I want to leave. Ooh. Amazing. That's funny. Yeah. I think I think the only drunk story that I can think about is <laughs> I remember I went out with my friend Adele. Um, hi Adele, I miss you. And I love you. Um, we went out. I think I was like maybe 22, 21 or twenty two. We went out and got really drunk, <laughs> and it's the only time in my entire life that I've ever like blacked out from being drunk. So I'm not romanticizing blacking out because that is not a good feeling. It's not healthy for you if you're doing it consistently either. No. But, uh, <clears throat> no. I remember blacking out, and I remember waking up in my bathroom at home, and I do not remember how I got into my bathroom. <laughs> and the only reason why I woke up is because my roommate was knocking on the door, 
And our bathroom, my bathroom in college did not have a window in it. So, like, there was no type of light. There was no light source. So, she's, like, banging on the door. I woke up in a frenzy, like, freaking out, not knowing where I was. It was pitch black in this bathroom. (laughs) And she's like, can you please, I need to use the restroom. And I was like, one of those, like, where the fuck am I right now? I have no idea where I'm at. (laughs) And I, like, looked down. I literally was just, like, laying on the bathroom floor, like, naked. And I, like... Oh, my God. I And I realized, like, I just put all my clothes. I folded my clothes and put them in a in the corner in the bathroom. <laughs> and I looked Aww. down and I was like, I literally folded my clothes drunk. Like, <laughs> so I'm proud crazy. of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it was so insane. And then I found out the next day, we actually got pulled over. Or Adele got pulled over. I was I was the drunk person. Adele got pulled over and um I threw up as the cop was like talking to us. I don't remember <gasps> any of this. And then I, I remember talking to Adele the next day. He was like, Yeah, man, I'm so happy I stopped and like got you food. And I was like, You got me food? And he's like, Yeah, we stopped at McDonald's and I got you fries. And I remember I still hold this over his head to this day because I haven't had McDonald's since I was, I was 14 years old. And I remember just being like, you got me McDonald's, bro. Like, <laughs> How dare you? Like a terrible friend. A terrible friend. <laughs> oh, man. I don't. I, I, now that's not even an option. Like, let's not even play. Like, being a little mm-hmm. bit tipsy, cool. Being that drunk, no. That's not an option. That's going to mess up no. my week. Uh, yeah. I feel like my hangovers last for like four to five days now. It's just like I can't. And I like have like a morning routine too, so it's like I can't. I just I see my trainer twice a week, mm-hmm. and I've gone to her a little. I've gone to her like when I had a couple of glasses of wine, and I've been like, okay, hold on one second, let me just <laughs> regroup because I just I can't. I'm smelling it in my mask, and I just need to like relax. For yeah, a second. it's not a good feeling. No. So shout out to y'all who can still do that. I don't envy you at all <laughs> um, but you know what god bless you know you just wake up in the morning you throw on some merry merry shackles and you'll be good for the rest of the week but, uh, <laughs> but yeah we gotta take a break real quick and we'll be right back to start reviewing uh van hunt's van hunt <laughs> all right bye Welcome back, everybody. And now, because it is Vincent's week, I'm going to hand it off to him so he can tell us more about Van Hunt and his debut album, Van Hunt. I'm happy that you guys are able to listen to this album. As I said in the beginning, this was one of my favorite albums growing up. Um, There are a few male vocalists, me being a singer, there's a few male vocalists that really inspired me growing up and those artists are, those vocalists are Maxwell. Oh, yes. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Bilal, there is a singer named Javier that a lot of people don't know about. But if you want to check him out, his song is called Crazy and his vocals are out of this world. And lastly, it was Van Hunt. Van Hunt has this amazing blend of rock and neo soul and funk. And he has this very like kind of vintage 70s kind of vibe. And the thing that I love about Van Hunt is he makes these beautiful, beautiful ad-libs, and then he stacks those ad-libs with harmonies. And if you know me or you have listened to my music, I am obsessed with stacking like a mm-hmm. hundred vocals 
to make harmonies. Like it's one of my favorite things in the world. And Van Hunt does it very, 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 very well. Uh, so this album came out February 24th in 2004. That was the day that it was released. Uh, Van Hunt was actually born in Dayton, Ohio. And he moved to Atlanta and kind of got his start there. He started producing for a bunch of hip hop artists. He ended up meeting Dallas Austin, uh, Jermaine Dupri, and TLC. And that's kind of how he got his start because he actually they actually heard his demos. A little bit after he kind of started working with Dallas Austin, he ended up getting signed to Capitol Records in 2001. And then during 2001 and 2003, he was recording his album. And they released his album in 2004, his self-titled debut, which was called Van Hunt, which, like I mentioned, is one of my favorite albums. Uh, he stayed with Capitol Records. He released one more album called um, On the Jungle Floor, which is also a an, an amazing, amazing album, especially if you like Rick James or Prince or Parliament or George Clinton, just like funk. It's such a really great album. It also has a song with one of my other favorite artists, Nick Acosta, who was actually brought on by Lenny Kravitz. Um, and produced by Lenny Kravitz, who is another one of my favorite artists. And something that really spoke to me about Van Hunt in particular is, you know, growing up as a black kid and like being kind of interested in all these different types of genres of music. Um, I always was trying to find other black artists that were interested in doing not just the regular kind of R&B, um, but that also really liked rock music because I really loved rock music growing up. Um, as I mentioned, like Nine Inch Nails is one of my favorite bands. Um, <clears throat> Incubus is one of my favorite bands. Uh, Radiohead. I really, I really loved rock growing up. In addition to R and B, and so it was really great when I stumbled onto Van Hunt. And his first single was actually "Down Here in Hell with You." And when I first heard that song, I was like, "Yes!" Like beautiful lyrics, beautiful harmonies, and. It's just such an amazing album. And, you know, it's you should definitely listen to the rest of his albums that he's released as well. He's had, a, he's had a hard time with labels, just like most artists, unfortunately. Like, for example, he came out with an album in 2000. He came out with an EP in 2007 on Blue Note Records. He recorded a full release. But because he kind of was going a little bit more into the rock uh, genre with his sound, they actually shelved the album until 2017. Like, he had to wait 10 years for that album to release, which is insane. But you should definitely check out Van Hunt. And this particular album, like I said, is one of my favorite, 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 favorite albums. And I'm very excited to hear what Casey and Michael felt about it. So, Casey, if you want to let us know what you felt about it first, and then we can kind of go from there. So, I kind of want to start off with, I think. Everyone knows I've been on this little like path to figure out what R&B really is and like genres and everything, just because I feel like the industry has distorted it. So I had to look up rhythm and blues mm -hmm. first. And it says that it's a genre of popular music that originated in African-American communities in the 1940s and was originally used by record companies to describe recordings marketed predominantly to urban African-Americans at the time when urban rocking jazz based music with a heavy insistent beat was becoming more popular. So at that point, I was like, okay, I'm over figuring out R&B at this point, because if you're just categorizing it, like, I don't know. It just felt like just yeah. a, a way for white executives to put black music into a category. Right. And then, Basically. and then I read... Marketing. Right. And then I read this from the New York Times that said, thanks to the success of artists like India Ari and Alicia Keys, the term neo-soul has become a market, marketable genre and the major record labels have spent the last couple of years putting their dwindling resources into the search for the next cool cat. Van Hunt was worth the money. 
So that bothered me because I also mm-hmm. feel like this is a very talented, proven successful <laughs> successful artist. I mean, you shelved his mm-hmm. project for 10 years and it's still charted at the top of Billboard. So like, I'm not going to do the disrespect game. And I honestly feel very, very, very sorry and angry for him that he went through this with all these labels. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of black artists go through this. Um, and he's just a testament that where there's talent, that'll shine. You could wait 10 years, I'm still gonna be at the top. So mm-hmm. after that spiel, sorry, that just really angered me when I was holding. No, that's important mm-hmm. context yeah. because I felt the, sorry to jump in, but I felt the exact same way. Like, you know, being such a big Van Hunt fan, you know, reading the fact that, in the first place, the fact that this album was even put in the genre of Neo Soul, like doesn't even make sense. Like I understand that there's there's definitely some soul influences, of mm-hmm. course. Like his vocals, you know, they call back to a lot of like Curtis Mayfield, like Marvin Gaye, like that kind of sound mm-hmm. in his tone and the way that he sings, especially Curtis Mayfield. They have very similar tones. Um, but there was there's so many elements of like rock in these tracks. Um, it kind of reminded me of like the roots, yeah. for example. Like yeah. I wouldn't put roots in like a neo soul category. They're like this ex- very expansive sound genre wise. And I understand like from a marketing perspective from a label, but I do think that it's unfortunate because it really, like you said, Casey, like it really limits artists, um, and especially in Van Hunt's case because he's so talented. And the fact that they were just like, "Hey, man, you got to stay in this lane," and he's like. And me, I'm like, this dude was never like a neo soul artist in the first place. Like, he was a guy who plays guitar and loves rock mm-hmm. music and also happens to have, like, a very soulful tone to Right, and I think that's what we were talking about, too, with, like, the Grammys, where it's like, stop making these super antiquated, disrespectful, honestly, genres of music to place black people in because you know that they can cross genres and you're scared right. they will beat out these white artists because you know that they created the sound. And it's disrespectful for you to say you're using dwindling resources to sign an artist that's not even that neo soul. Mm. And just because Indian RE and Alicia Keys came out, now it's like, oh, there's this new genre for black people. We're just gonna pocket them into that. Like, it just irritated me. And for example, too, like The Weeknd is not urban contemporary. I don't know what you guys are smoking at the Grammy Academy, but anyways. At this point, The Weeknd is pop. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Completely pop. His idol is Michael Jackson, so right. I, yeah, I, pop yeah. music. He's pop music. With I an totally edge. agree with you guys. It's like let's just throw all these black artists in one bucket when that bucket is overflowing. I agree with you, Hayashi. <laughs> like I think too. I've been thinking about this um, for a year and working in music, and I'm not going to call out any brands and names because you guys already know who you are. But them releasing these black squares and these statements saying we're going to do x y and z to help uh black like black people that work for our company succeed and be heard but it's like you're not even doing that for the artists that you represent you're not doing that for the black people that currently work there like i mean even like you have an urban department and it's so funny that a lot of the black people who work at these labels work in the urban department black people can also work for rock they can work for pop like I just, Mm -hmm. I I don't like that division. And the craziest part to me and what I've seen in front of my own eyes behind the scenes is how you speak about these black artists and how the tone changes when they can garner more money for you. And I think Mm -hmm. that that needs to absolutely Mm. change. 
And that's why a lot of these black labels like Love Renaissance and um, since the 80s, I think I've said this already before, but like that's why they're coming up and they're like all black labels are all people of color run labels that a lot of these artists are flocking to because they feel comfortable. They feel like they're going to be transparent and they're going to tell them yeah. like, we have we actually have your best interest in mind and we will do whatever we can of course, yeah. of course it's not mm-hmm. perfect but yeah. we will do whatever we can to fight for you and that's definitely one of the reasons why i was like turned on to van hunt being someone that really did like i mentioned like really loved rock music you know like before doing my own solo stuff like i was in a prog like prog rock industrial band i was like the lead singer for it you know like it was something that really inspired me and it was really exciting to come across this album because it had these blend of all these different genres and it had such a great rock influence but it also had this beautiful soul experience and like i mentioned like this kind of 70s almost like stevie wonder marvin Gaye, curtis mayfield isaac Mm -hmm. hayes kind of vibe to it but like more like updated and van hunt's voice is just so beautiful it's such a like pure clean uh vocal and and i love the raspiness of his vocals and his like the lyricism a lot of the lyrics in this album are so poignant you know a lot of this album is really about you know of course it's about love and sex and romance and trying to get over heartbreak but there's also this this presence of almost like i'm also trying to work out some of my inner demons at the Mm -hmm. same time too Mm -hmm. like especially when you think about dust which is the first song on the track um, I mean, first song on the on the album, you know, Dust sounds so beautiful and like heavenly in the way that they recorded it and the way that they wrote it. But when you think about those lyrics, you know, I'm gonna read some of first first one, and it's kind of relevant to where we are right now too. Like it's just another day, another episode of hiding under the world. It's just another ray of merciful hope. I don't expect many more. I'm already insane. I'm already in pain. And, in, and if this time you don't rescue me, I won't blame you at all. Because you see, I know that I've gone in too deep for you to risk the fall. Like, it's such beautiful poetry in the way of him just saying, like, it's another day. Like, <laughs> I'm just trying to get through this day. And if I don't, like, I can kind of understand. Um, but I'm feeling like dust. Like, I feel like I'm just fading away and, like, flying away into the universe because it's just another day, another episode, you know? And that juxtaposition is so beautiful. And, and yeah, I, I just really I really love the lyricism of this, uh, of this album so much. Yeah, it felt like a book of poems. It really did not feel like an actual exactly. album. Like, it felt like he should have just been saying these out loud to us and there was just a band in the background that happened to be there. Um, but also the band, like, I really felt like this album, like, just for context for everybody listening, like, this would be an album that Hayashi, Vincent, and I would be together cooking dinner with, like, drinking wine, lighting candles, like, that's what I was envisioning listening to this album. Um, and I loved that he didn't stray away from the instruments. I feel like a lot of people get so technical with some of the more, like, tech created beats like production yeah and like the production and like he was like no i want horns i want drums i want guitar and that was something that i really respect because there's something weird about not being able to hide your voice behind live instruments and i just love that oh yeah Mm. and so that is what i mean when i heard the first song i was like okay we're in for like we're in for some lyrics 
we're <laughs> now in. and some bands. Yeah. Right. Well, so I was so yeah. He this man knows how to play a lot of instruments. He learned drums at seven. Mm-hmm. He learned the saxophone at eight. And then he also picked up the bass, keyboard, and he can sing. Like, that's insane. And I didn't look up. I wish Amazing. I looked up before. But is that'd be so cool if he was playing all of the music himself. And then, like, you know, he's just creating all these tracks and then layering everything on with his vocals. I think that would have been so cool if he did that. that would have been I feel cool. like they probably hired a band, but he definitely, like, wrote all the, that a yeah. lot, which is... They- they definitely oh, did have a band and there was like a long list, but one of them is or Wendy Melvoyne, who is from the revolution with Prince. And so she oh, oh, sure. yeah. I don't even know that. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, so she was like a heavy guitarist on the album, which makes sense. I mean, it was amazing. Dang. I loved yeah. this album. It's just like it's my jam. I love that like funky, like groove and it speaks to me. It speaks mm-hmm. to my soul. I love it. It was so good. And thank you for choosing it because I'm a fan. I am <laughs> good, a fan. Good. I am too. No, I wanted to share something yeah. special. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Michael. Go ahead. Are you ahead. sure? Please, please, I'll please. make it really quick. I was just going to say. You can take, You can make it real long, daddy. Okay. All right. It's going to be a two-hour <laughs> episode. <laughs> Let's go. What, really, what I really love, two things. The fact that the influence is like very heavy in like 60s, 70s era. And then two, mm-hmm. it brought me back to that early 2000s because people don't, artists don't describe relationships like this anymore. Mm. And mm-hmm. it made me think of like all of the music I used to listen to when I was in when I was living in 2004, like, it's just so nostalgic for me. There's not love songs anymore. And this, like, he had mm-hmm. two. I mean, Hold My Hand was a, a, an adorable song about trying to get oh my someone. God. I love Hold I, My Hand. I resonated because I felt like I was the girl where it's like, I'm not willing uh. to give myself to someone. And then he's just like, just hold my hand. We're going to be fine. It was like the Aladdin, like, do you trust me? Um, oh, my God. And then Tears. I'm crying. Precious and Seconds of Pleasure. Mm-hmm. Seconds of Pleasure was just so oh, cute because it was just like, mm. you know that feeling. Like, you know when you're your happiest. Like, I thought about, like, walking on the beach with my mom, like, during the sunset, doing her little walk in the bay and just, like... It's the little things. It's the, it is the little things, which I felt were really important. Um, the album really did feel like you were getting, like, a home-cooked meal from your parents. And mm. that is something that I hold near and dear to my heart. But... I think also my favorite, yeah, Hold My Hand is my favorite. Um, Down Here in Hell, I was like, oh, my God, a song about me. Um, Yeah, that was like a. (laughs) 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 Oh, how'd you write my autobiography? Oh, shit, that's where I'm from. So, yeah, that was, it it is a really good song. I mean, it is about, like, toxic love. But, like, him saying, oh, and I remember, I know we all remember being in relationships like this. That's like. What would oh totally 100%. what would I do if we were perfect? Where would I go for disappointment? I Damn, think. that line amazing. Also, 
Magic carpet ride. It don't have to last forever. I uh, know we shouldn't fly so high, but the closer to the sun we go, the better. Yeah. Uh, that, that Like, one of the beautiful things about this album to me, too, I know I'm harping on the lyricism, but the lyricism is so, it kind of makes me think about, like, when we had that episode about Emily. Yeah. King. Like, mm-hmm. It's just these very clear lines that just move you. Like, and, and, and they're just, like, very smart lines. And the other thing about it, too, one of the things that I loved, even when I first heard this album in 2004, is it's really beautiful to me when a man can take the time to really articulate their emotions. Mm-hmm. And this album is like this really beautiful and vulnerable articulation of love and trying to figure out what your emotions are and being vulnerable and open about your desire for love but also your confusion around love and how and also just the just the vulnerability of like being able to admit like i recognize that i thrive in the chaos of being down here in hell with you Mm-hmm. Even though I know that they may that may not particularly be like the healthiest thing, yeah. but there's also yeah. something really beautiful about that, um, especially in that kind of like young love storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, moving from down here in hell with you, like another song that really has amazing lyrics. And I actually text Michael and I was like, "Yo, hello goodbye <laughs> is like gonna be your jam." And Guess what? He texted me and he was like, "You're right." <laughs> 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 such an amazing like such great lyrics the lyric that i love so much is you're so hot and you're so cold love is here and then love leaves and you switch so fast and this is a killer for me like i don't know if my head can handle the speed like that line Ooh. alone to me as someone who also writes music too yo this lyric sums up so many emotions mm-hmm. in how many words is that? I don't know if my head can handle this. <laughs> eleven words, like so many emotions. How's your head? Up in eleven. Exactly. How's your head? I haven't had any complaints, <laughs> but it's just like, it's man. These lyrics are like that are basically just like poetry, like vulnerable poetry that add these beautiful visuals and such great, um, such great connectors like Mm -hmm. that we as the human experience like we experience these emotions so him being able to write these beautiful lyrics oh man just so good and to sing them gorgeously i know Ah, so imagine the kind of love that he makes to halle berry can we talk what they yes they're halle berry are a couple (gasps) right now Mm -hmm. yes yeah they've been together for i think like I think two years. Oh, yeah, I know. We just pulled up the picture of Halle Berry and uh, Van So Van cute. Hunt. They're so cute. Um, I was shocked that you could pinpoint one song <laughs> out of, what, 11? And be like, Michael, this is going to be your song. Also, the end of that song, that, like, kind of, like, little Janet Jackson. Yes. Oh, my God. So good. My mind was blown. It was... Mm -hmm. Please listen to that song, everybody. But going back to the lyricism, there was one lyric that really spoke to me in Precious 
My time is as free as your tears. Oh, can you imagine being in a relationship and someone's just like going through it and you just drop whatever the it is that you're doing and you're like, listen, Mm. I got you. That kind that scares me because I'm like, do I deserve that kind of love? Mm. (laughs) But that is oh my God. Wow. That made me think. It it definitely felt this album felt like a mirror to me for relationships because it was just like how much like I mean honestly I do like I was saying before like I did love um down here in hell but I loved it in the sense of like that's not what I want for me anymore I want I want something that is so stable and like there like I said before like there's not always going to be good times but it's like we don't have to attack each other or make each other feel like shit for us to feel Mm. the love from one another. It's like, I'm just, I feel like I'm so Mm. old and crotchety right now. I want the easiest thing for me. I want to listen to your love language, (laughs) let you know like what mine are. And then we can just chill. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm not about the drama right now. But that's real because I think the thing is we are taught if your relationship is not chaotic or, insanely passionate at every single moment of the relationship like something is wrong and it's like yeah that's not the truth mm-hmm. like that's not the truth no. <laughs> so like i agree like listening to down here in hell when i think about listening to down here in hell in 2004 i think like oh this sounds amazing yeah mm-hmm. when i think about listening to it now i'm like i ain't got <laughs> no time for this shit None. like zero time for this shit but um it takes so much work to like retrain or let me say a different word unlearn Mm -hmm. the stuff that we're taught around what relationships should look like and that's one of the things i like you alluded to that's one of the things i love about this song listening to it you connect to it you know that feeling but you also are like i don't want that feeling (laughs) but you understand the romanticization of that feeling yeah i actually the reason it hit home too I was with someone that I was dating and, you know, we had like had a couple drinks, we're chilling and something in me was like, be mad at him. I don't know what it is. I felt like the Kermit the Frog meme mm. where I was like, be mad at him <laughs> for no reason. Just, just do I'm it. Done. And, and I just shut down. Like I just was like super quiet and just like, wasn't really that responsive. And he was like, wait, what the fuck? Like what's happening? And then the next day, I was like, there, that was so pointless. Like, what were you trying to do? Did you really want to start an argument? And then I thought about it, and I like, kind of came outside of myself. And I was like, we're past that. We're not at that place mm. in our, like, life anymore where it's, like, cute to just, like, start an argument for no fucking reason. Like, you care about this right. person, so act like it. That reminds me mm-hmm. of her December. Yes. Oh, um, her December. And it's funny because I wrote Yo. down that her December is my hangry. Listen, when I'm hungry, <laughs> don't fool around with me. Like, I I need to work on that. <laughs> but Yo, Her December is actually one of my favorite songs, too. It's so it's good. It's really good. Um, do you want to say anything about that before I go to Who Will Love Me in Winter? Because I have some serious questions about that. Just really quick. I just want to read some of the lyrics please, from Her December. Please, please. So... The first verse is, her December is in mood swing, an afternoon frost meant just for me. 
Her December is a change of pace, an extra an extraordinary leap from sunray to snowflake. Ooh. Like what? Her December is a is a look so cold it leaves me defenseless, shoots my story full of holes. Her December is a long night with one open eye thinking of a better life. Oh my god. Like these lyrics, man. Like <laughs> god Damn. Yo, low-key, Michael. What? <laughs> this song is about me, too. When I get angry and frustrated, this is like, I be giving that. My mama is black, and I'm upset, but I ain't going to tell you how I feel about you. Mm-hmm. Look. So I feel you. I feel you. Yes. You're just going to feel the energy. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Let's just, I have a question about who will love me in winter. So I was confused when... He said, my neighbor's grass ain't so green after all. Did he hook up with his neighbor? <laughs> I felt like he was kind of a little bit more on the selfish side in this song, where I felt like he wasn't taking accountability for a relationship ending. And he was just like, well, now who's going to be here for me? And that kind of disappointed me a lot, because I was just like, okay, so what happened? Like, did you step out on this person? Like, what did you do? Because it seems mm. like you're just kind of floating over the issue. So I have a conspiracy theory about this. Talk to me. It's, it's not that exciting, but I think that... So imagine being locked up in your apartment during winter and like it's snowing outside, like you can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's talking about like the spaceship crashing into walls and like, I don't know. I feel like he went downstairs, hooked up with a neighbor and he was like, oh, yeah, like, it wasn't. <laughs> He's like, oh, shit. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but that's just me. That's a valid uh, conspiracy theory because it does. I can totally see mm-hmm. that. And, I mean, and the thing that I love about that particular part that you mentioned, and Van Hunt, know that I love you and respect you, so don't sue us for any, like, rights. But I have to sing this part because – the way that he sings, but my spaceship crashed against the wall. Yes. When he's just like, but my spaceship crashed against the wall. It's just like, yo, baby, will who love me in winter? Just like full on soul, mm-hmm. laid back. Just like, I just, I just imagine him like, you know how, uh, Casey, you were like, oh, I feel like Rihanna pulled up to see see it with a glass of wine that didn't belong to her from a bar. I feel like Van Hall was just like sitting in the studio fucking lighting up a goddamn blunt mm-hmm. and just being like, bitch, I know how to sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, this was fully. Y'all gotta tell me nothing. This was fully his my dick on the table moment. Like, it's like, you know you're gonna like this song. Like, it doesn't even matter. This album and Van Hall and just in general, like, it meant so much to me as a little kid. I don't know, I wouldn't say little kid because I, I was graduating from high school, but I feel like I was a little yeah. kid still. But like this album meant so much to me growing up because of that vulnerability and, and the fact that these these lyrics just sound like poetry. I, I heard you a lot on the album and saw like where you drew your inspiration and it made me so Same. happy because I felt like I was like, understanding a little bit more of a part of you and your artistry which was like Mm -hmm. an honor to see um 
And I'm just glad that you shared the album. Also, I did hear a lot of Craig David on here, too. And I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> don't look. <laughs> Sorry. Don't even get me started on Craig David. I fucking love Craig David's first two albums. Yes. Born This Way and the one with What's Your Flavor on it. Look. Uh, that means a lot. And that's why I wanted to share this. Because I think that the albums that I get really... I have a hard time picking albums for this podcast <laughs> because I'm like, I want to choose this album because I do love this album. But like, then I'll like hit this spot where I'm like, no, I want to share this album because it just means so much to me. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's been such a, a push of, or such a place of an inspiration for me. Mm-hmm. And this album meant so much to me as a little 16, 17 year old kid who really didn't understand who was get, who I mean honestly was getting getting made I spent a lot of my time as a teenager and kid in junior high like being made fun of because I didn't particularly like fit this fit the stereotype of like blackness and it was from both sides it was from black people it was from white people and like I got made fun of a lot and I really it really made me feel ostracized and I think this was one of the albums from a black artist that really made me feel like I belonged and like listening to this album and hearing all those textures harmony wise and hearing the guitars and hearing someone being vulnerable with their emotions and how they felt about love and trying to figure that stuff out like that really spoke to me as like a 16 17 year old kid Mm -hmm. who hadn't had a lot of experience relationship wise but like as a teenager at least for me like i lived in my head fantasy wise a lot especially being a queer person yeah not particularly having had experience with relationships and also not being open and being nervous and seeing all of my like straight friends kind of having these different experience relationship wise and feeling like i had to kind of live in my own head this album even though van hunt doesn't identify as queer like this album just really helped me kind of navigate my own relationship to myself and really identify some of the emotions that I was feeling as a teenager and how I really craved that down here in hell feeling as a 17 year old because it felt romanticized to me at that time. Mm-hmm. And like like how I mentioned I had a crush on this, on the captain of the baseball team and like the only thing I wanted was like to have a chaotic relationship with this person. And like every time I hear, um, uh, I Could Fall in Love by Selena. I think about this person because that was the first time I ever met that person and that song was playing. And like, so I kind of ties that song from Selena and Down Here in Hell with that situation. And, you know, this album really helped me define, helped me navigate those feelings and helped me also really figure out like what I personally love about making music, which is the lyricism and really stacking harmonies with like 500 vocals and just like, being like fuck it i'm gonna do it because this is what i love and it moves me you know so i'm happy i was happy to like share this journey and bring you guys into this little circle of feelings with me around this album thank you yeah sorry that was long (laughs) i have one word yeah representation i'm so jealous that these little gen zers have the type of representation that we needed when we were young And it's so important. And, you know, there are so many communities that have been pushed to the forefront now that I think we could have really benefited from. I know for sure 
me, but yeah, I love um, being going on this journey with you guys and learning more about your musical influences. So thank you. Yeah, and Van yeah. Hunt, sir, you for doing this for my friend, you're always going to be good in my book. So shout out, and uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back to play some games. Also, real quick, we support you, Megan Markle. We do. That's all. <laughs> yep. Hey, what's going on, you guys? Welcome back from the break. Uh, when you get the chance, definitely check out Van Hunt's self-titled release called Van Hunt. So now we're going to go ahead and continue our podcast and play a game that we love to play called Secret Genius. And this is Hayashi's week to choose a song for. So, <laughs> Mike, let us know. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about this because I, I don't know what song it is. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. Okay. What is the song is that you've chosen for us for Secret Genius today? Sorry. <laughs> I think it's a... It's a combination of the song and the champagne. <laughs> All right, you guys, it's the Pussycat Dolls, whatchamacallit. Yes! <laughs> whatchamacallit, cacallit. Uh, yes. Okay, this song is wild. I'm just, I'm just going to read you the intro. And this isn't part of the game. Okay, I just want to oh read this God. to you guys for fun. Just Borji Fifi Ula We We Paris to Japan Ichi ni Sanchi Pierre Cardan And the girls go Uh 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 <laughs> Y'all what were y'all on? They were on that good good apparently. Alright, so the verse, right? See the bag <laughs> it it matched the boots and the boots <laughs> they match the hat. So I pop the tag. Don't ask me where I bought that at, girl. Uh, 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 uh. We can be up in the club in the spotlight. Catch us rocking the same fit. Uh, 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 uh. I got mine at, I got mine on Sunset Strip from that hot spot from whatchamacallit. And don't be asking about my man, what he's holding in his pants. <laughs> don't you give him no trick. No, don't you give them tricks, no info. That's a no-no, baby. That's uh, 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 uh. Next thing you know, she want to know that. Or she want to know what. What he's holding in his wallet. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> Thank you. How long he lasts, slow or fast? How big is his, um, whatchamacallit? <laughs> okay. I mean, there's not was, much room for interpretation, but I Was like everyone okay when funny. they were recording this? Is this about a trapper's girlfriend? Because, like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Somebody paying her way Like, through. it sounds like she literally left the trap yeah. house and went shopping, and then they all went out to get... Like, I I, <laughs> I have questions. A lot of them. Um, I think that it's about Melody. Wait Go a minute. Home. We're not going to do Go this. Go home. We're not going to we, do no, this. No, we can do this. We can do this. Melody was underrated. <laughs> I just think <gasps> we all know there's a lot of history there, but I think Nicole was just like trying to stunt on Melody, oh. and this is like a subtle shade mm, to her. 
that's just I I don't mean to start anything, but I'm just saying. no. You know what? I can kind of see it now. Um, I won't say whose team I'm on, but uh, you can say it. It's okay. <laughs> I don't think I actually. Can. I can't for work okay. reasons. You can't legally. Uh, I, I, le- I legally can't say whose team uh... I'm on. Um, but yeah, we'll talk off air about it. But I, I definitely can see it now um, that you say it. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Vincent, I want to hear your take because I know you're <laughs> dying to say something. Okay. Before I get into my conspiracy theory, let me outline a few things. Mm-hmm. I have no shame. I love the Pussycat Dolls. The Pussycat Dolls are amazing. They gave us so many great songs, and there is no denying it. Buttons, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Don't Ya, uh, I Hate This Part Right Here. Oh, um, oh my God, uh, yes. Uh, Jai Ho, which was actually just Nicole Scherzinger, was not the Pussycat Dolls, but Jai Ho. <laughs> <laughs> Hush, 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 hush. Just so Happily many. Oh wait, after. Um, and oh, stick with you. Sorry, the Avant stick version. Stick with you. Amazing. Yes. Um, Beep featuring Will I Am. Amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, oh my god, there is no denying that their newest single, their latest single, which I have to Google because I can't remember the name of the song. <laughs> What'd you say? Wait, from this year? From 2020. From when? When they were about to go what? on tour. Oh, React. Oh, React that's right. is fire. Their comeback track from 2020. And I love the Pussycat Dolls. I have no shame about that. Um, I, I I will tell you my conspiracy theory. And since Casey brought it up, I will let you know how I feel about Melody. Because I think vulnerability and honesty is very important in this world. So <laughs> my um, my conspiracy theory about this song is I think even though this song was said to be written by Timbaland and the individuals that Hayashi brought up, I think this song was written by Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. <laughs> you know what? I'm down with you on that. Yes. Yeah. I see it. This song is like, you can't sit with us. Straight yes. up. Personified, like, literally. Yes, personified. Yes. And I will not be dealing mm-hmm. with your your poorness. <laughs> Stop, Stop being, being poor. poor. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really fucked up and very privileged. And if you want to slide Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan in there too, then Oh. <laughs> I that's what I was gonna say. Lindsay Lohan oh, could have been a co writer. Now, if you guys wanna know my feelings about Melody. I know that the Pussycat Dolls were hard for Melody, and I think that Melody is beautiful. I know that she was originally the lead singer of the group, and then they brought in Nicole Schizinger because Nicole Schizinger had already kind of had this. She was kind of known from being on Pop Stars, which was a show that was very similar to American Idol, but it was like one of those first reality shows where they were putting a group together. That's also where like O Town came from, like from these little kind of like making the band pop stars type of shows. So they brought in Nicole Scherzinger, and there's mm-hmm. undeniable star power from Nicole Scherzinger, specifically in the context of Pussycat Dolls. I know that there was a lot of drama because Nicole Scherzinger had her own management team, and the Pussycat Dolls had a separate management team. 
they were giving a lot of money and a lot of push behind the culture zinger and a lot of them feel like she was in the group they were basically pushing her to make her have her own solo career now melody has a great voice yet (laughs) at that time melody did not have control of her vocals and this is not being me trying to be shady in any way, but Melody did not have control of her vocals. She was extremely pitchy. That one performance, please. She talk was about not it. in key. <laughs> and that is an important part of being a singer. And I think it's very important for you to mm-hmm. understand how to control your riffs, how to control your ad libs, how to know how to travel through your riffs as a singer and Melody did not have that power. She did not have that control at the time. So that was my issue with Melody. What did Kelly say one time? So I'm not trying to shit on Melody at all, but you gotta have control of your vocals, especially the fact that like the Pussycat Dolls minus maybe Four of them were, First of all, were not singing. Shannon, <laughs> Shannon, no, I'm just saying she was Shannon? the dancer. That was Danity Kane. That was Danity Kane. Oh. That's where I was dying. I was like, First of all. Kane, who also were amazing. Too. No, they they did Shannon. Oh they did God, Shannon show, so confused. show shady. So show shady. shady. <laughs> Yeah, they were so mean baby. to her. She was actually good. And Andrea, I don't like that. They were so rude to her. And she was the Andrea better was vocalist. Too. Yeah, yeah. She's a, Andrea was a great vocalist. Dawn is a great vocalist. Um, Shannon actually has a really beautiful tone too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if D Woods was actually singing in Danny Kane. I will never forgive them for what they did about to D Woods. That was a crazy situation. And yes. I have many thoughts about I Aubrey, but I will not share them. This is not. I as well, and we can talk. <laughs> I about saw that. her private area. I'm done with at you. Pri- <laughs> <laughs> when when they performed Lemonade, great song. Oh my god! All right, you guys. I just want to say shout out to Pussycat shout Dolls out. because instrumental part of my childhood and my childhood childhood, (laughs) but my adult teen years um but like every week we're gonna do a baddie of the week and a song or what poem or something artistic a pick of the week and it's vincent's week so i'm gonna pass it off to you so my pick of the week is a film on amazon prime it is by Steve McQueen, and it's under a project called Small Axes, and the film is called Mangrove, and it's this film about <gasps> these uh, West Indian individuals living in the UK who are dealing with police brutality and how they took the police to court, and I won't give anything away, but you should definitely check it out. It's a really beautiful film. It's the first film within the series called Small Axes, so by Steve McQueen called Mangrove and it's on Amazon Prime. And my baddie of the week is, I'm gonna give a shout out to my boy. He is an amazing artist. His name is simply Dad. 
Yes. <laughs> he goes by Dad. Really amazing artist. Um, my favorite song from him is called Every Little Thing. Um, and he is super talented. You should definitely check him out. Once again, his name is Dad. You can find him on Spotify, Apple Music, and you should check out all of his music. So shout out to Dad. I love that. Get, Get it, it, Dad. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Again, we're at our halfway point. We've got six more episodes until we're done with the season. Hey. Uh, thank you guys for listening Woo-hoo. so far. Definitely follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram is this is BTGU. And uh, you can also check us on our website, which is thisisbtgu.com. You can listen to us on Spotify. I'm sorry for the people that listen to us on SoundCloud. Sound, we've been having some issues with SoundCloud, so we're going to XNA SoundCloud for now. The cloud dissipated. But uh, definitely check us out on Spotify and Apple Music. I mean, I'm sorry, Apple Podcasts. And again, we'll be on up on YouTube soon. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we love you. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.